politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, fellow American patriots and Minutemen standing at the ready to fight anew for our life, our liberty, our property, and our entire civilization. If that is your goal, well, this is your one-stop shop about everything that matters in the way it matters at the time it matters. I do feel bad I wasn't here yesterday, but I am back today stronger than ever. And folks, boy, you know, just in one or two days, so much happens. Blowing up pipelines, editing our genes like software. (laughs) Put it this way, this is not your... uh, father or grandfather's news cycle. So we have a natural disaster on the one hand bearing down on Florida, but then we have a very unnatural disaster that played out in the Baltic Sea uh, that we're going to talk about, as well as editing our genes later today with Whitney Webb. But folks, you know, everyone's attention is going to be focused on Florida and the hurricane And, you know, there's nothing we can do about that politically. It just shows you how weak we are compared to the creation, how much stronger the creation is than we are. Um, There is nothing we can do to alter the weather. It's so absurd. We can't even predict the track of the hurricane within 24 hours. It keeps moving. Yet somehow we could predict the average temperatures for, you know, 100 years and then average it out efficiently and accurately. And, uh... You know, obviously the crazies will say, oh, no, no, we are altering it. That's how we have these crazy big hurricanes. The reality is that Florida is always a sitting duck. And really, since Hurricane Andrew hasn't had much devastation, um, as Joe Bastardi keeps pointing out, in the previous 50 years, there were more than twice as many hurricanes that hit Florida than the last 50 years. Really has not been that much. And generally speaking, it's been a drought in hurricanes more than devastation. But again, it only takes one to cause devastation. But what we really have is an unnatural disaster. The big thing about the Fourth Reich, the big thing about COVID fascism, which Republicans refuse to recognize is that it demonstrates that if our government could create a virus, unleash it on the people, block the treatment for it, and inject them with this gene-editing craziness that has killed hundreds of thousands of people in the U.S. alone, maimed millions of others, and now we know it goes into the mother's milk, it goes into the genes, the reproductive um, system. If they're willing to do that, there's quite literally nothing They will not do. And we need to rethink so many world events. And yes, I will even say the lead up to and the aftermath of 9-11 is something that does need to be studied with the lens that we now have. But I don't want to talk about that today. It's about the other COVID fascism, Ukraine. So think about this at a time when we have so much going on that needs to be rectified. So many grievances that need to be redressed. We have a budget bill. At the end of this week, where Republicans could say, we will not fund this tyrannical and really terroristic tyrannical government that has orchestrated an invasion of this country of millions of illegals, induced one life-taking catastrophic event after another from COVID, attacked our energy and food, grooms an entire generation of children with gender bending, 
genetically engineering Americans like a piece of software. It's literally a Biden executive order that needs to be defunded, unleashing 87,000 IRS agents upon us, and sending the FBI to persecute and prosecute political opponents. Yet Republicans won't do a thing to defund them and block funding. And in fact, 22 Republicans, almost half of them, including Mitch McConnell, voted to proceed as of today with cloture on this CR that gives another $12.3 billion to Ukraine, another several billion to resettle Afghan refugees that we now know from both the DHS and DOD inspector generals that there are terrorists that were led in the country. And then to actually fund, not the deterrent of the border invasion, but to actually help uh, more efficiently settle them in the country. That's what the funding goes towards. And to add insult to injury, the duration of this CR expires on December 16th, right before Christmas, so they could screw us with a long-term bill undercutting the entire purpose of voting Republican to have a Republican Congress deal with the budget. No, it takes it off the table for a year, and I'm sure there's going to be many, many other bad things thrown in there. More funding for Ukraine, gay marriage, who knows what else. More funding for Pfizer after everything we know they've done to us. They won't even talk about this. But we know what they've done to us. So in that vein, we, we, we kept saying figuratively that it's a controlled demolition, what, they, what they're doing on food and fuel. Well, it appears that now it's a literal demolition of energy. And by the way, at the same time, um, uh, the largest wholesale fresh produce market in the world is on fire in Paris, a massive fire. Rungis, R-U-N-G-I-S. So it really makes me wonder if all of these food and oil refinery fires are also controlled demolitions. But here's what we do know. What we do know is that parts of both Nord Stream 1 and 2 were blown up in the Baltic Sea between Poland and Sweden, that area, off the coast of Danish islands in very deep water, below where any scuba diver could go. Okay, you're talking about 70, 80 meters. One blew up Monday morning, the other one Monday night, about 75 kilos apart from each other, so you can't have a natural disaster that coincidentally works that way. It produced 2.3 degree tremors on the Richter scale, according to Swedish authorities. So clearly it was an attack. It was an attack by someone who had submarines, military-grade explosives. Oh, and it was in NATO waters. So it's hard to imagine that the Russians somehow sneaked into there. And gee, why would the Russians want to blow up? As of now, if nothing changes, the both, both pipelines are gone. I can understand you could say the Russians might want to play hardball with Germany and do something that temporarily shuts it down. To, to make them feel the pain. But this cuts off your nose to spite your face. I mean, this is Russia's property. This is their, their meal ticket. There's no way they did that. Makes no sense. There's literally no motive that would make sense. Reuters reported about 10 days ago that Putin invited Europe to solve its energy crisis by breaking from the U.S. and opening up the Nord Stream 2 pipeline 
and you know he said look just push the button and everything will go on so he was actually trying to get them to go along with it who did not want the germans to do this well for whatever reason we're maniacally spending tens of billions of dollars on ukraine we would blow up a pipeline and again, it's the same reason why you would shut down coal and oil and gas. They've been doing this anyway, precisely at the time that you sanction Russia, precisely at a time of supply chain shortages. You would push electric cars precisely at a time of lithium and copper shortages and push solar at a time of battery shortages when they need batteries to operate. You Again, This was always a controlled demolition. So now it's just blatant. Obviously, many of you have seen the clip from Biden in uh, February where he said, if Russia invades, then there will be no longer a Nord Stream 2. We will bring it to an end. And then a reporter asked, but how do you, you know, um, how how will you do that exactly? The, The project is under Germany's control. He said, I promise you, we will be able to do that. Okay. So that's pretty blatant. Um, Assistant Secretary of State Victoria Newland, if you remember, she's the one who spilled the beans to Marco Rubio during a Senate hearing about the biolabs in Ukraine. She is believed to be the one that engineered the 2014 color revolution in Ukraine under Obama when Biden uh, had that portfolio under his policy control. And people forget that's really what started all of this. She said on January 27th, I don't have the clip here, but I'm just going to, I do have the quote, if Russia invades Ukraine one way or another, Nord Stream 2 will not move forward. So I think it's pretty obvious. And then you had Radek Sikorsky, Poland's ex-foreign minister. He's the chair for the delegation for relations with the U.S., um, So he's very close with us and to the point where his wife is actually Anne Applebaum, one of the famous drive-by journalists. He said, thank you, U.S., on Twitter. He showed a picture of the, you know, um, the frothing, uh, the frothing uh, in, in in the water there in the Baltic and said, thank you, U.S., basically thanking them for blowing it up. Um, We know that Poland's president, Andrzej, Andrzej, Duda said in August that, quote, we cannot return to normal business with Russia. A change in policy in the West is not just a complete termination of Nord Stream 2, but also the liquidation, complete dismantling of this stream. We know the CIA warned Germany of possible attacks on the twin Nord Stream pipelines just weeks ago, which to me is the plausible deniability that they could, you know, false flag. They could say, oh, no, no, it's Russia, and we warned about it. I mean, this is absolutely nuts, the time we're living in. We have to recalibrate everything we're thinking. And this was what was so hard for even a lot of my conservative friends when the war broke out in Ukraine. Everyone wanted to rally around the flag. Oh, I hate Russia, Putin. I don't care what you think of Putin, that's not the point. But all of that sentiment was predicated on the fact that our government is a force for good. But now we know that our government is a force for evil more than anything we could have imagined Al-Qaeda having both the resources, ability, and even desire to do. 
this degree of demolition. Okay? Again, this is par for the course. If you lived through the COVID holocaust, and you understand, when I say lived through it, everyone physically did, but I mean intellectually understanding what happened there, there is nothing worse than that. So of course they'd blow up a pipeline. Of course they'd blow up food processing uh, centers. And yet Republicans without even... Can you imagine this happens and Republicans aren't going to be like, look, we're going to do a two-week CR, okay? While we investigate what's going on. No. They do one into Christmas that funds Ukraine even more. You have to be blind to believe that our government didn't do this. Truly evil. Now, one thing that's not evil is Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider, our sponsor for today. Folks, with all the recent rulings from the Supreme Court, it's worth mentioning that you know some of the victories for life have been funded by Patriot Mobile. So rather than funding those that hate you, you're funding those that share your family values, the value of religious freedom, Second Amendment, sanctity of life, and you don't have to sacrifice any of... Uh, the service because they use the same cell towers as everyone else. So go to patriotmobile.com slash CR or call 972 Patriot. Use offer code CR to get free activation. And if you're a veteran or first responder, uh, please let them know because they have a special discount just for you. Come join our movement today of parallel economies to, to move off uh, just the, the robber barons and make the switch today, patriotmobile.com slash CR, as in conservative review. That's patriotmobile.com slash CR, or call their U.S.-based English-speaking a customer service line, 972-PATRIOT. Again, offer code CR. So, folks, another thing that happened over the weekend, you had Ukraine Ukrainian Nazis, literally. Literally, Ukrainian Azov Brigade dudes, in an emotional moment with Adam Schiff sitting in the U.S. Capitol. By the way, since January 6th, American citizens can't sit there. But we have a government of, by, and for Ukraine. It's not just America last. It's Americans never. Zelensky said after, he, he said in, a, um, in an interview, after re- revealing the astonishing $1.5 in aid that he gets from us per month, he actually had the nerve to say it's not, not enough. He says, believe me, it's not even nearly enough to cover the civilian infrastructure, schools, hospitals, universities, homes of Ukrainians. So you have a responsibility to him, okay? Uncle Vladimir wants you. It's truly disgusting. Utterly disgusting. If you think about it, the profundity of this, so typically, a, a continuing resolution, right, a CR, is uh, the idea is a st- it's a stopgap bill. So it doesn't introduce any new policies, any new funding. It continues the existing policies and funding at the same funding level of the previous fiscal year until you write a new omnibus or, you know, it's supposed to be appropriation bills for the incoming fiscal year, FY 2023. <coughs> but... Inevitably, they always have what's called spending anomalies, where they're like, okay, everything is on stopgap except this, 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 and you know, and this, we're adding new stuff. The anomalies are Ukraine, Afghan refugees, and the border, but not, again, it's not defense of the border, it's resettling them, basically. 
Notice how of all the emergencies going on now, again, the shots are killing people. People need restitution. People need treatment. Okay? Obviously, we need to fund blocking the invasion. We have the IRS coming after us. FBI, none of that matters to Republicans. What is their issue for which to lie down proverbially on those tracks? Ukraine and Afghan refugees, and that's all bipartisan. Mitch McConnell supports it just as passionately as Chuck Schumer. Okay? Nothing on energy. Nope. And in fact, they're voting for the controlled demolition of the energy because voting to constantly antagonize Russia and fun endless Ukraine stuff, it will never accomplish anything good. Even if you believe in you want to overthrow Putin, that that's our, you know, a big priority, a worthy priority, it will never lead to that anyway. And you will make the world suffer with the energy crisis and that is the point. So proverbially, it's been a controlled demolition. Now it's finally been a real demolition. Folks, this ain't your grandfather's political news cycle. So what's worse than blowing up pipelines? Well, it's hard to live without food and fuel, but maybe you could find some sort of way of scraping by. But what if they blow up your genes? And we mentioned this a little bit last week, the week before, September 12th. President Biden issued an executive order on advancing biotechnology and biomanufacturing innovation for a sustainable, safe, and secure American bioeconomy. And in a sane world, this, along with 20 other things, would have been red alert, 10 alarm fire uh, grievances for which Congress would have said, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, Before we sign off on this budget bill, this CR, we're going to have to block funding for this. We're going to have to get more information on this. But no, I mean, it's like everything else. They openly call their shot, like Babe Ruth used to call his home runs. They call their shot. They say it. They say it openly. And we just go on blithely as if it's another day in the park. Um, And the the centerpiece of this, I think, in plain English, there's a lot of deep stuff here. And we're going to get to our guest to uh, decode this. But it really centers around this. We need to develop genetic engineering technologies and techniques to be able to write circuitry for cells and predictably program biology in the same way in which we write software and program computers. Now, I don't know if some of you saw this, and I think um, RFK Jr.'s group put, put out something on this. But if you look carefully, the FB, the FDA had this, uh, this banner and graphic informing people of this uh, Omicron bivalent shot. And they literally write about it like you're a software update. You know, you get the um, notes for your computer. Certain thing needs an update. It said you need an antibody update to recharge your immunity, kind of like you're one of those Teslas uh, with the limited electricity we have flooding the grid to get yourself an update. This is not funny. This is really not funny. I mean, this was a massive, massive order, multi-agency promulgated by the OMB. And with us today to discuss this and the latest on the CRISPR front, the gene editing technology front, 
is backed by popular demand. Whitney Webb, uh, independent journalist, researcher, writer, the wave of the future journalism. Unlimitedhangout.com is her website. You can follow her on Telegram as well. Um, make sure to check out, wherever you get books, her upcoming two-volume series, One Nation Under Blackmail, The Sordid Union Between Intelligence and Crime That Gave Rise to Jeffrey Epstein. Whitney, thanks so much for joining us again. You were so popular last time. <laughs> hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks for having me back. I mean, because you, you really opened my eyes about how this is so much more an Intel national security driven motive more than just kind of the rote left wing blue haired uh, crazies and what their motivation is and how all encompassing it is with the AI and CRISPR technology. Mm-hmm. Um, it really did open my eyes and, and, you know, again, this union between Intel and crime. So we're talking about crime today, terrorism committed by our own government, likely in the Baltic. So, when, when people are reading this, that Biden issued uh, an expensive multi-agency order to really build up uh, the, the technology to program cells like computer software, um, clear obstacles for commercialization that will be reduced so that innovative technologies and products can reach markets faster. On the ground, paint a picture. What does this look like? Right. So uh, in looking at this executive order, we need to uh, keep in mind that a lot of the infrastructure to implement this has already been set up. And actually, a lot of it happened during the um, the last few months or last year or so of actually the Trump administration. So right now there's a, um, a new uh, agency that's been set up by the Biden White House, but there were efforts to set it up under Trump under a slightly different name. Um, the efforts under Trump were led by Ivanka and Jared Kushner. Oh, it was going to be called HARPA. Uh, basically a health DARPA. If you're not familiar with DARPA, uh, they're the Pentagon's research arm and have been a major driver of transhumanist technologies for a very long time, including um, funding both mRNA vaccine technology er early on in about 2012 or so for both Moderna and Pfizer, right? And that's just one example. They have several offices like the um, the BTO, I forget exactly what it stands for, but it's basically about uh, technologies uh, that are uh, about convergence. That's their term for basically, you know, the convergence of, of humans and machines. Um, so uh, today it exists under Biden. He framed it slightly differently uh, than it was being framed at the end of the Trump administration, but it's called ARPA-H. They moved the H to the end, but it's essentially the same uh, program, and he justified it as, oh, this is going to eliminate cancers and, and all sorts of things uh, like that. But really, um, as I as I've written about on Unlimited Hangout, uh, ARPA H, and I wrote about it before it was it was passed. Um, it's basically a recipe for digital dictatorship because a lot of the things it's promoting are the uh, wearing of. Uh, the, the mandating wearables, for example, in the military, this is already happening in in several uh, squadrons uh, based in the United States that they're required to wear uh, biometric wearables that track their uh, biometric data in real time. 
um, as part of their uniform, things like smart rings uh, and, and things of, of that nature. But that's also just part of it. Um, if you look at who um, Biden put in charge of ARPA-H around the time he issued this executive order, uh, it's a woman named Renee, and I'm going to butcher her last name, sorry. It's uh, spelled W-E-G-R-Z-Y-N. Not a lot of vowels there, so I think it's like Wegrezin or something like that. Mm. Um, but anyway, she is now in charge of ARPA-H. She hails from DARPA and also IARPA, which is the C. CIA's DARPA equivalent. And this woman currently is a biotech executive at a company called Ginkgo Bioworks, who described themselves as the largest designer of synthetic DNA in the world. And after um, these announcements were made by the White House and the bioeconomy, the CEO of Ginkgo Bioworks, Jason Kelly, came out to say, um, you know, he said he repeated that Ginkgo is the largest designer of synthetic DNA in the world. And he says, quote, what does that mean? It means you go on a computer, you type ATC, GGG, meaning you know, DNA sequence, you hit print and a piece of DNA gets printed out of our labs in Boston or partner companies like Twist in California. We then take that DNA and we put it into the genome of a cell like installing an app on your phone, and it makes the cell do something new. That's our business. So this is the woman in charge of ARPA-H who's going to be overseeing a lot of stuff that's, uh, you know, the policies that are being promoted in this particular executive order and the billions of dollars in funding that the Biden administration has put into this. And, and, and this uh, is by the way, I would just remind everyone, mm -hmm. as you're listening to Whitney's presentation here, uh, Republicans, including Mitch McConnell, just voted to pass this chips and science bill, which gave over 50 billion to the National Science and Technology uh, you know, agency that is really the lead agency on this. Yeah, so... And talking about Republicans on this, I mean, the transhumanist agenda, it should be very clear to everyone, is an anti-human and anti-life agenda. So Republicans that claim to be pro-life promoting <laughs> this um, or, or voting to fund it, um, you know, they should definitely be called out uh, for those policies. So in, in addition to ARPA-H, and we can get more into what they are and, and, and what they're doing in a moment, the other thing we should look at is who is the new head of the FDA? He's been he's practically received no coverage at all. Um, his name is Robert Califf. He's actually an executive from Google. Well, really, he's a revolving door guy. He used to have a top position at the FDA, then went into academia, then went into Google, and now he's back at the FDA. Um, but he was uh, one of the top advisors for Google Health. And uh, Google Health right now has a joint venture with GlaxoSmithKline, the major UK-based pharmaceutical company. And it, it's called Galvani Bioelectronics, and it's literally about injecting yourself uh, basically with nanomachines that per them modulate your neural activity, or in other words, manipulate your nervous system, supposedly for quote-unquote medical applications. But in the hands of these people, it's, it's quite concerning. And when you consider how um, companies like Google, they are uh, contractors for the national security state and they're head by people who I honestly just see as complete ghouls. Uh, like Eric Schmidt isn't in charge anymore, but Eric Schmidt went from Google to uh, basically help chart out the national security policy um, for artificial intelligence and emerging technologies. And uh, that um, commission he led uh, the NSC AI or National Security Commission on AI uh, saw a need to inter interject a lot of these um, transhumanist and AI based technologies into healthcare as a way to force their adoption. And they see this, uh, and, and they're quite clear about it. Um, they see this as necessary. 
um, as a way to maintain economic and military hegemony for the United States uh, and to prevent China from taking that position. But essentially they um, are basically saying uh, in, in stating that, that China has a larger population and larger adoption of these technologies um, than the United States does. And so with less people, w Americans need to be prompted, whatever that means, to adopt these technologies or wearables or whatever much more in order to generate even more data than China is generating. Uh, and that, and that's the only way that U.S. will be competitive in the field of AI. That's what they're saying. So basically, you know, in order to beat China, we have to not just become China. We have to surpass China in terms of implementation of Orwellian technology, starting first with healthcare. So it's really no coincidence that you see. By the way, that came out before, uh, you know, the COVID-19 uh, crisis was upon us. And a lot of the things that this particular group suggested needed to happen to change the U.S. way of life we have seen be rolled out under the guise of, you know, COVID protocols and what have you. And or, or for with the electrical vehicle, quote unquote, revolution, for example, they, they discussed the need to eliminate private car ownership and basically have um, people rent cars, sort of like a share, a ride share uh, Uber system you know, being the only way people can can have freedom of movement, which isn't really freedom of movement at the end of the day, um, when you think about it. And um, but it's really, you know, touching every every aspect of our lives at this point. And but they they see their first foray in a, in a big way um, into, you know, our lives through healthcare because that's a way to get these uh, biometric wearables onto and into our bodies. And if you listen to people, um, for example, Yuval Noah Harari has been quite notorious lately, uh, but in a, a, a speech he gave in, I believe, January 2020 to the World Economic Forum, just as all of this was getting started, he was saying at the point that there is mass use of wearables um, is, is basically the red line that we cross to go into a digital dictatorship. And he's a guy that's basically advising the people building this on what to do. So he, you know, it's, it's very clear to them what that type of policy, quote unquote, healthcare policy now, is going to lead to. And it's ARPA-H leading that. And it's also yeah. the FDA under Robert Califf. And I would say that Robert Califf is there uh, to rubber stamp as many of these, um, not just, you know, mRNA vaccines of the future and, and what have you, most of which are going to be focused on, quote unquote, combating cancer, but also uh, the introduction of medical wearables. That's very interesting because obviously P the media focuses more on uh, Walorski, um you know, the CDC director. So a lot of people don't know about the new FDA administrator and his background and how it ties more it's into transhumanism. They, yeah, they won't touch him at all. And I just don't understand why that is, because it's it's obviously a lot more concerning to me, even than the CDC lady who I just see as an, you know, an incompetent mouthpiece. A typical healthcare stuff. schlepper, you know, one of these just, you know, uh, public health supremacist types that would just, you know, be a conduit for everything, but not a mastermind like this guy you're describing. I also find it interesting how you're saying a lot of this is the the cover for it, you know, because you always have to have a cover. You have to have COVID to do everything they're doing. So what's going to be the cover for the next generation of AI, transhumanism, CRISPR, gene editing, cancer? Um, I mean, we've talked a lot about the last couple of weeks. The the signals of cancer because of these shots are so much. I'm not even emotionally prepared to fully understand it. 
it is worse than yeah. any of us could have imagined. And it's interesting that suddenly um, the Biden administration is talking about cancer more than they ever have. Yeah. Well, a year prior to now, uh, just as, you know, the vaccine rollout was really um, ramping up, Pfizer came out and said after COVID, it's um, mRNA shots for cancer. I mean, they've known for a long time what was what this was going to do, in my opinion. Um, and it's just part of this, quote unquote. Um, well, actually, if you look at how Biden talks about the stuff, it, it, he ties in ARPA-H with this cancer moonshot program. But if you look back at the origins of that in the Obama administration, it's very clearly part of this whole um, agenda to get uh, mRNA and gene editing, quote unquote, medicines uh, normalized and, and uh, you know, um, commonly used. Um, and I would argue that's because there is just so much money behind this. In addition to the agenda I sort of just mentioned earlier. No, there's definitely um, money. There's definitely money. But I think we understand it's an ideology. It's a way of life. We saw that with COVID. So what sort of pr practically speaking, if you want to paint for this audience a lighthouse at the end of this ocean where they want to steer the ship towards – Describe some living scenarios that you think, when, again, when they say that they want to program cells, um, like software updates, like just like your computer, what do they envision in day-to-day -day life? Is it surveillance right, so or is it even more insidious, downright? It is more insidious. You know, like, oh, for, for example, yeah. obviously, um, I know you're very well aware of this, but for our audience – uh, what was this last year? It might have been last May. The UK military came out with the human augmentation, the dawn of a new paradigm, a strategic implications yes. project, mm -hmm. and they talk about the you know social performance, the that that you could program a person to to perceive oneself as part of a group, that the readiness to act as part of a team, um, you know, works against their their nature as a as an individual human. Uh, I mean, how much is the technology already there? Because a, a lot of my friends and I have been joking around, and I'm just joking but half-joking. You, you know, there's people like us that just see everything that's happening. We, 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 we get it. Okay, this is their game. But then there's the people that we know, no matter how obvious it is, they fall hook, line, and sinker for every absurdity. And we're like, did they get injected with something? I mean, some sort of brainwashing software. Um, is that the goal? So it's hard to know exactly what the goal is, but I um, I think it's worth looking at some of these other entities that have been created to bring about this future. So I mentioned ARPA-H, right? And that's the U.S. version of that, this health DARPA that's meant to, you know, basically advance a lot of these transhumanist technologies under the guise of healthcare in the U.S. Um, but a, a former DARPA, a DARPA director, and actually the DARPA director that greenlighted those initial investments of DARPA in mRNA vaccines, Regina Dugan, is currently in charge of an organization called Welcome Leap, which is the DARPA-style organization for an organization called the Welcome Trust. Mm. The Welcome Trust is, I sort of describe it, and it's not entirely accurate, but 
for the purposes of this conversation and, and for your listeners, I would sort of describe it as the UK equivalent of the Bill and Melinda Gates Got Foundation it. when it comes to medical research. But it's much more exclusively focused on medical research and more influential. And it's it's very um, in, in this recent, I would say it was a whitewash, but this Politico investigation that admitted that basically four NGOs ran and designed COVID policy without oversight. Yeah. And they named Welcome Trust as one of them. Yes, the Welcome Trust is one and the Welcome Trust is a very disturbing organization because they are intimately tied to the eugenics uh, movement, specifically the British Eugenics Society that was renamed in, I think, 1989. They didn't take eugenics out of their name until the late 80s, um, renamed the Galton Institute. Those ties are very considerable and very um, alarming. But perhaps more alarming is this Welcome Leap program. They headhunted Regina Dugan, who I just mentioned is a former DARPA director, but she's also the person that set up DARPA equivalents for Google and subsequently for Facebook, um, that a lot of which has to do with wearables, um, swallowing a pill that turns you into your quote-unquote authentication token, and things uh, basically is focused on technologies that, per her, resolve the quote-unquote mismatch between humans and machines. Welcome Leap's focus, uh, well, there's several programs, but um, you could argue that its focus is either babies in utero now or children uh, three years old and younger. And what they are trying to do in these programs is um, develop the technology by which they will be able to go uh, take a child and essentially uh, prune their neural network so that they're all homogenous. That is basically the goal of uh, could, one of their programs. Could you explain called, that homogenous the way they look, the way they think? Yeah, it's basically homogenizing uh, neurological activity in the central nervous system, so that basically everyone's the same. Yeah, I mean that sounds it's, to it, me like I mean for all the money they've spent uh, figuring out how to influence people and how to brainwash them, um, this is the ultimate. Form of it. They're going. They're going beyond that, and they're going for the kids. And the, the Welcome Trust has an insane amount of money behind it, and the people involved with this are some of the most powerful people in the biotech sector. I mean, I just mentioned Regina Dugan, but there's several people who are, you know, among the most powerful in this in this sector. So, so really, this begs the, the question: When I ask you about that lighthouse, the control room, whatever it is, that the thing at the end of their promised land. Is it eugenics? Yeah. Is it popu is population control the end goal or is it one of many? Well, yeah, so they definitely want less people. I think that's very clear. But what do they do with the people who are left over after, you know, their agenda progresses if it progresses? Um to me it looks like they're looking to create a neo-feudal system that through the use of technology, gene editing, and these other invasive techniques targeting um, the the nervous system, they are looking to create a underclass of serfs uh, who can never again even cognitively be able to challenge their servitude ever. That's what it looks like to me. Um, and so I would really encourage people to look at Welcome Leap. I wrote a very um, mm. in-depth investigation about it last year. This was before they added the in utero program where they want to go in and basically tweak, quote unquote, um, fetuses as they're developing. Uh, but this is this is eugenics and transhumanism, as I mentioned the last time I was on, is eugenics repackaged. The person who created the term 
uh, transhumanism a decade before when he was first director general of UNESCO at the UN said we need to find a way to make the unthinkable thinkable again referring to eugenics he was also head of the British Eugenics Society Julian Huxley uh, brother of Aldous Huxley who wrote Brave New World you could argue that perhaps Aldous Huxley's book Brave New World was influenced by the vision of his brother Mm. and his associates. Um, and he, in this book called New Bottles for New Wine, Julian Huxley coins the term transhumanism basically as the u- the new eugenics. And that's where it's developed really since then. Um, and, and, you know, at this point, you know, you, the eugenics of the past was like selective breeding of people to create a quote unquote master race, whatever that means. I'm sure it depends on the person defining uh, master race, but it's not that anymore because of these technologies. They think they can just turn anyone into anything, turn any cell into anything, program it to do whatever it wants. And you see that with the the, the company I mentioned earlier, Ginkgo Bioworks, that's really at the center of ARPA-H right now. And um, a lot of the stuff that this executive order envisions for American society. I mean, they, they talk about this stuff as furthering societal goals. Um, It reminds me of a book that was written, so I'm sure people are familiar with George Orwell's 1984 and Aldous Huxley's um, Brave New World, but there's a book that preceded both of those that uh, Huxley and Orwell accused each other of stealing, essentially, (laughs) and it's called We. It's written by Yevgeny Zamyatin, and at the end of that book, in order to prevent uh, people from rising up against, you know, technocratic servitude and, um, and, and things like that, uh, the state goes and they excise the part of the brain or remove the part of the brain that creates imagination. Hmm. Yeah. That, 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 that's yeah. what I'm thinking. And, and I'm not, I'm not alleging this, but it almost looks like there have been people injected with this because they'll buy every absurdity one after another. And I'm thinking, how does that work? Um, I don't know, but that's certainly their goal to make it that all people are going to yeah. be that way. So when they talk about how they want to remove these obstacles for commercialization so that they could reach market faster, what is in their way at present that they needed this order for to to bulldoze that path? Well, part of it they've already done with COVID, the regulatory program. Uh, any sort of, you know, the existing regulation, safety testing, all of that other stuff, I mean, with the mRNA vaccines has gone out the window. And it went out the window because these companies that were making mRNA vaccines before COVID or, you know, mRNA gene therapies before COVID, like Moderna, uh, uh, were unable to get them past animal trials because of toxicity issues. So you have to eliminate uh, the regulatory hurdles to get those to the market. And we saw that with COVID and now it's been normalized and it's going to keep being normalized. Uh, and basically, you know, I, if you look at other places that have implemented the bioeconomy, uh, as it's sort of outlined here, um, they intimately link it to the implementation of the sustainable development goals, otherwise Mm. known as agenda 2030. And of course that is based around this whole urgency of if we don't act now, um, this, we promise this quote unquote climate disaster will come and and, and, befall all of us. And to me, it was always the most poignant observation of the, of of this year of 2022. To me, it's the story of 2022 that Ukraine was the next thing after COVID. They, they dovetail so perfectly, and both of them, Republicans, have bought into hook, line, and sinker. I mean, to this very day, 
funding another 12 billion for yeah, Ukraine. Very concerning. That because was the what's going on in U- What's going on in Ukraine right now, in my opinion, is an effort to deindustrialize the West on a massive scale and arms traffic to we don't know where because only 30 percent of the weapons going to Ukraine are actually going to Ukrainian troops. So where is the other 70 percent going? We don't know. Where is all this money going? Is it going straight to Zelensky? I'm sure he's getting a good pocketing a good bit of it. But it seems like there's, you know, money laundering and, and to me. And, you know, I sort of base part of this, too, off of my conclusion from writing a two volume book about um, this stuff is that there is an effort by the current government in the United States to help uh, engineer the rise of Eurasia by de-industrializing and basically hollowing out the U.S. economy and, and more broadly, the, you know, the Western economy um, as well. And so Ukraine is is a key point of that. I mean, we're being told that we have to dump billions and billions into this stuff. And then when billions aren't going there, they're going into stuff like this, the bioeconomy, biotechnology. And the thing is, when you have people who are hungry and cold because of a food and energy crisis, um, they'll be more, you know, amenable at least I, I believe they think so, yep. to doing things they otherwise would not do. So like we talked about, if we talked about like last time, if they uh, link uh, food assistance, for example, or energy subsidies to have you gotten this, uh, you know, booster, or whatever they're going to call it. Um, you know, now they're framing it in the same terms as this executive order, like you mentioned that, um, oh, a software update for your immune system and all of that. You know, you have to get the update to get the food, to get the subsidy. And I think that's what we're going to and, see. And that's how it ties into the news of the day so perfectly um, with blowing up the pipeline. That's literally what they're doing. Blowing uh, blowing up the pipeline to me is almost the physical manifestation of blocking ivermectin hydroxychloroquine. They want to trap you into a scenario. Like you said, you're more amendable to the transhumanism. So they had to create COVID. People really you know, are scared of, of viruses. Okay, but what if there's treatment? What if there's a way out? They had to go yeah. to war with that. So here too, they got to go to war with a, with with the god of abundance in order to service the god of scarcity. So people will clamor for their you know solutions, and that's why you know gas and oil have to be destroyed. Yeah, that that's part of it too. Uh, but I think what part of what COVID did too is make a lot of people fearful um, of their own bodies and of disease in general that in a way that they weren't before. And so one of the main reasons ARPA-H exists is to combine national security and health security, basically create a biosecurity state. And so in order, instead of, you know, like doing temperature checks and all of this stuff at the height of COVID to get into businesses and all of that, uh, next time there's this quote unquote pandemic too, as, as Bill Gates has uh, calling it or called it, um, you'll have to, you know, maybe we'll see the man, the mandating of wearables. Well, and then, uh Oh, your temperature has gone up. They're going to come and they're going to take you away to a quarantine thing or something like that. I mean, that's the type of technology they're designing. And, and these entities behind executive order, like Ginkgo Bioworks have been given lots of money over the past two years to develop technologies for quote unquote future pandemics. And apparently the WHO, uh, between now and 2030, envisions uh, numerous pandemics in this relatively short span of time, even though, uh, you know, they're supposed to be a, a once a century or even, you know, longer span event. Um, so obviously there's an effort to uh, resurrect uh, what yep. COVID foiced upon us at some point. And why and, not? Um, they, they, they were 99% yeah. successful. I mean, in, in everything they did. 
Um, now that you mention that, I'm just curious. Do you have any theory as to what the sim- symbolism significance of 2030 is, or it was just kind of they had to pick an arbitrary date? Well, I think part of it is they have to lock this up. I think eventually, you know, a lot of the people engaged in this stuff are also people who have been looting, you know, just talking about the U.S., the American economy, but you could argue many other countries uh, for a very long time. And at some point, people are going to be very mad um, about the extreme corruption that's been going on because essentially uh, the government is being run by organized crime at the end of the day. Um, And, you know, uh, that can't go. That's not sustainable. Uh, in these wealth transfers we've seen, I mean, COVID-19 was a massive wealth transfer. I mean, they're going to keep happening. I mean, uh, they don't, they, they, the existing power structure in the U.S. wants to keep their piece of the pie forever. They want to maintain the status quo where they have this position of power and privilege forever. And they don't want to be challenged. That's part of this, this drive towards neo-feudalism, um, as I see it in order to keep, um, uh, prevent people from protesting or, yep. you know, having a more equitable uh, society or government or, um, you know, making things work for the people or having, you yep. know, a, a na- any sort of nationalist policy. You know, we're seeing major efforts to destroy the bedrocks of our society, whether it's nationalism, whether it's the family, whether it's individual sovereignty over even your own body, um, how you identify yourself. All sorts of things are under attack. Right it now. all ties together, and 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 I think like, like you're saying, it's a two part yeah. thing. Number one, they do want to severely reduce the population, and then the remaining population think of the way China currently is on steroids. That's how they want everyone else to live in this neo feudalism you describe. Um, one final question here that really does scare me. So. This is all predicated, as you noted, on wearables, that there's some sort of device they develop that you have to wear. And it's kind of like the COVID shots where um, you had to willingly get it. Now, there was no enlightened consent. And for a lot of people, their lives would have been destroyed if they didn't get it. So they chose to get it. But for the most part, there was no one strapping you down in a chair, forcing you to that degree. But my question is, the scariest thing of all is... What do you know about the self-spreading concept of their ability to make it that you can't escape their, um, uh, how do you want to call it, their their study intervention? Okay, yeah, their, yeah. their stuff. I mean, we do know there is a concept of self-spreading vaccines. So this type of technology, let's talk about, you know, nano bioparticles that get in your body that give feedback surveillance and then possibly Mm -hmm. the next step downright modifying updating getting into your dna getting into your neurons um is there a way is that on the table the ability to do that that you can't even avoid it it's not quite there but they're getting there i think Um, A lot of this really scary technology is in the works right now. And so we are at a major crossroads where we have to do something about it and it has to be stopped. Um, As to what you're talking about, over uh, in Florida, actually, recently, there was the release of genetically modified mosquitoes. I believe in Key Largo and some other areas, uh, despite the the protests of the local community, uh, this is something backed by Bill Gates, among other figures. And I believe just a few days ago, the NIH released um, a study that they could use genetically modified vac- uh, tuxedos to, quote unquote, vaccinate 
people, whatever that means. Because when a mosquito bites you, they inject something into you mm. before they, you know, take blood. So um, there are definitely efforts in the works to make what you describe a reality. And that is why this is not something that we can just sit back on <laughs> and, you know, ignore and go back to sleep about. And that's why it's so concerning to me to see, you know, I feel like I've, I've been talking about this stuff for the past three years and I see so few people in media even express interest in covering it. Taxes, despite- abortion, guns. It's like, it's like, it's 1986. I mean, it, you know, and, and that's the thing um, on a personal yeah. level. And I know you could appreciate this. Before COVID, I was contemplating changing careers. I just, I couldn't take it anymore. It was stupid. Nothing mattered. Uh, The conservative movement is fake, of which I was a part of. Um, Weren't making any progress. But back then, I viewed it that, look, if I just shut it off, I'll be happy if I could go into commercial real estate or something and just find a way to earn a living, tune it out, get some place far away, and it won't bother you. And it really doesn't if you don't know what's going on. And then COVID came and I was like, oh, so you can't avoid it. I mean, you can't. Yeah. It's not like, okay, we have a profligate country. <laughs> we have a decadent country, you know, the values, the economy. But on an individual level, you could kind of live out your life. No, no. I mean, they, they will kill you. They want to kill you, literally. Um, and you yeah, can't. So- you can't avoid it. So the thing is, we're the, like I said earlier, and I I have two books out about this right now in my book, my two volume book, One Nation Under Blackmail. Uh, the current power structure of the U.S. and the thing that controls both parties is really a symbiosis between organized crime and intelligence. And um, I use I use Jeffrey Epstein as a vehicle to explore that. And I'm sure people are probably aware that Epstein it it's been a admitted in mainstream publications was a eugenicist and a transhumanist. And it turns out that some of the people he funded and was associated with in furthering that scientific agenda were people that were given cabinet level positions in the Biden administration to lead science policy and to lead ARPA-H, originally Eric Lander, uh, who has since, uh, you know, had to resign because of <coughs> harassment allegations. Um, but, you know, th- this is really concerning. The, the, this, these types of these are the people running the show here. They're not just criminals. They have a very dangerous ideology that is anti-life and anti-human. I would encourage you know people listening on the conservative. I assume your audience is <laughs> entirely conservative, or, or rather sees themselves as pro-life. If you're really pro-life, you need to start demanding that your yep. politicians and your the media you consume start talking about this stuff. We're on the if same they're, page. If they're, this has unwilling. been a big theme, big theme. Yeah. If if they're unwilling to cover this stuff, stop funding You're not them. Pro-life. Stop watching them. They're not pro-life. Like I always say, look, so far, thus far, nobody's really forced to get an abortion. They force people to get these death shots, okay? And, and the other things they have coming down the pipeline. So, you know, you have all these Southern Republican governors are like, oh, you know, we kicked out, you know, Planned Parenthood from the state. And then they're to this day... I mean, we quoted last week the Arkansas health director, uh, you know, saying, hey, you know, this is uh, we need to find clever ways to get the new booster into people to maybe we market it as a super update, super Omicron. I don't know. I mean, it was it was indistinguishable from California. I'm like, wait a minute. So this guy brags the governor Hutchinson, he's pro-life. I mean, you're killing so many more people. And again, you know, it's it's often against their will. Uh, so this is this is absolutely the ultimate pro-life issue for which we never could have imagined. 
Um, the Fourth Reich, as I call it, if if, uh, yeah. if the Third Reich had access but to this technology. It's more dangerous. I would say it's even more dangerous than the Third Reich was because, they like I talked technology. about Welcome Leap, no one's calling them out. They have billions behind them. Uh, the Welcome Trust basically runs UK government health policy, and you could argue health policy for many other countries around yeah. the world. And they currently have a program where they have put a lady who is from DARPA in Silicon Valley in there, and she wants by 2030 to have 80% of children under three submitted to a procedure, uh, submit to a procedure where they where they basically per them prune their brain like it's a tree and stuff and basically like have uh, eye tracking technology and all this other stuff yes. to observe their brain and then create an in silico model as they call it of what the brain should be and then make your child's brain fit that and they're not even stopping there three and young isn't young enough for them they want to do this to in utero babies too where is the outrage about that yes and and, and what's scary is you can't look at this statically. You have to look at it dynamically. You're like, oh, people aren't going to go for that. But they create one crisis after another where there are a lot of health problems. There are a lot of behavioral problems with kids, mental developmental yeah. problems. They're framing this as an end to ADHD and yes. every other sort so of stuff. So they create the problem. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. we saw this you know, vividly with the COVID, COVID shots, but now I know that I'm smarter about this retrospectively. They did likely did this on a lot of things where they caused the problem. And then, Hey, we have some blood clotting medication. We have some cancer initiatives because they know exactly what it's doing. They know that it creates inflammation and likely some of these other shots create inflammation as well. Um, and, uh, you know, all the issues with kids now, or it's it, kids are crazy and people will be clamoring for some sort of solution and they'll be right there to scoop up that windfall truly scary um whitney yeah. where what are some essential readings that you think people need to read up on you have your book again the um one nation under blackmail you talked about welcome leap which is very important their project um any any other reading materials people should delve into now um, well, as far I don't really know a lot of people that have done like serious investigative work on these topics really beyond my site and maybe um, my colleague, uh, Derek Bros. Uh, I think, <laughs> to be honest, we're probably, as far as I'm aware, really the only people seri- that That's have seriously covered this stuff. <laughs> yeah, um, but there needs to be more. It's really disheartening to have uh, felt like I'm screaming to the yep. void about this stuff when they're very clear that they're coming I wouldn't have believed children. the word you're saying a few years ago. But, I mean, if, if COVID but doesn't it's all there. change you, and you wouldn't have believed it either, but at some point, you got to open your eyes. Again, terrific work. I, I advise everyone... Um, Follow you on Telegram, Unlimited Hangout, UnlimitedHangout.com. Where are you on Twitter? I don't understand how you haven't been kicked off. Yeah, it's because I don't tweet often. I think that's the only reason. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's underscore Whitney Webb on on Twitter. Uh, But if if you use Twitter still, I don't necessarily recommend it. But, you know, I have to try and reach people uh, (laughs) given the unprecedented times in which we live. But if you're interested in some of the things I mentioned today, like Welcome Leap, by the way, Welcome is spelled with two L's when we're talking about the Welcome Trust. It's named for Henry Welcome, uh, who's... um, a very unfortunate pharmaceutical guy um, from the past, and this trust is named after him. Uh, but you can search for that or ARPA, H HARPA, all of that stuff uh, on my website, unlimitedhangout.com, and find uh, those articles. And also my past work on Eric Lander, 
and you know these other individuals that are that are calling the shots here as, as it relates to this bioeconomy. A lot of homework there. We're at a time here, but you are welcome back anytime. We really appreciate the education. Again, unlimitedhangout.com. Thank you so much, Whitney, for joining us. Thank you, my pleasure. And and, and folks, you will know the fruit of an indiv- individual, the value of an individual by how little they're promoted in mainstream conservative media. And most people never heard of her. But uh, as, in case you haven't noticed, she really brings those receipts. Wow. The names, the people, their history, the organizations, connecting the web, it's all there. It's all there. But if you don't know it, you don't know it. And that's why uh, we bring her on for that education. This is the ultimate pro-life issue. You know, I have a column out today about the triumph of transhumanism. And, and I, I really am scared about the self-spreading stuff. You know, and they've likely already done this with the COVID shots. I mean, we'll find out eventually. But what we do know is, as we talked about this last week, the Thomas Jefferson University uh, research that showed that this flu mRNA LNP platform in mice was able to basically change change the genes. It could express in the genomes of the offspring four litters down in the in the mice. We know the LNPs of the COVID shot deposit in the ovaries. We know that there's a lot of kids that are born with problems from that. <clears throat> now we know <clears throat> that it, the mRNA passes through the breast milk. Okay, it was found in seven of the 11 women they looked at. Seven of the 11 had it expressed. Uh, this was published in JAMA. There's a pair of U.S. researchers. Just came out yesterday. I'm sure a lot of you have seen that. That's a big deal. To find that genetic code. I mean, this is what it does. It's not futuristic. They code your body to produce toxic stuff. And the mRNA, we now know, reverse transcribes into DNA, prevents DNA repair. It embeds itself in the nucleus. By interfering with the double-stranded DNA break repair. This is a big deal. And yet, none of this exists. Not in the GOP agenda with their, you know, their commitment to America, their commitment of malpractice, more aptly put, and the budget bill, nothing. They're going to go on until infinity talking about the same issues they talked about 50 years ago. As if none of this is happening. I don't want to hear... From these loser governors, oh, I'm against abortion, I'm pro-life. No, you're not pro-life. You're pro-death. You are promoting science. Science. You are promoting eugenics while bizarrely being opposed to one avenue of eugenics. But the thing is, that's the most blatant thing. So it's only people who really want to do that will go in and get an abortion. This stuff you can't avoid. It's all being packaged as life-saving, amazing cutting-edge technology. Say what you want about abortion, but I don't think even its most ardent supporters think it's cutting-edge technology. The way they're packaging this is so, so dangerous. So again, we are unfortunately out of time, but you could follow me at C19TruthBombs on Telegram. Drop me an email at danielhorowitz at startmail.com if you have a question for Whitney. She is just so 
um, receptive to any dialogue about this. She loves her work that she does and wants to share it with everyone. And I'm definitely going to make this show a platform for those that do such good work. Uh, we, we cannot just sit back. <laughs> That's the lesson. These are people that will blow up pipelines and they will blow up our genes. They'll blow up our DNA. We need to stay focused on the issues that matter and the way they matter at the time they matter. We'll be back again, same time, same place tomorrow. Till then, God bless y'all, and thank you for listening. Thank you.